This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're almost superstars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald. This is my show, Living Fearlessly, and we're with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Once again, absolutely uh, just blessed, gifted, and super grateful for having yet another phenomenal guest. My guest today is Jay Shetty, and because the expansiveness and the reach of this show reaches 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. What I'm always going to do before I turn it over to unscripted dialogue with my guest today, Jay Shetty, is I'm just going to read a little bit about Jay and then turn it over. So who is Jay Shetty? Well, what I can tell you about Jay is that he is a motivational and lifestyle vlogger, presenter, and former monk. He has a viewership of over 100 million and is an international speaker. Jay has been featured in Shortlist, The Huffington Post, and BBC Radio. Jay helps people redefine success. He believes that our greatest challenges in life arise because we do not take the time to define the things that are most important to us. Jay believes that everyone has a unique purpose and is committed to help people find theirs. A world where everyone lives their purpose for a greater good will revolutionize our collective experience. Jay shares meditation techniques to raise our own awareness and ability to observe the invisible world. Jay talks about the future of innovation and technology and how we can humanize them. Jay is Silicon Valley meets human consciousness. So, Jay, wow, thank you so much. You have no idea. I've got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, thank you so much for having me here. It's uh, great to finally meet you. Well, you too. This has been such an honor. And I, we were just saying before we went live that we've been uh, organizing this and we had this confirmed a few weeks ago. So I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your hectic schedule. And I know that you have to leave us a little bit earlier than when I generally wrap up because you're going live at noon. So I would encourage listeners, once you get off this show, I would hop on to Jay. And where can they find you at noon? You can find me at uh, on Facebook at Jay Shetty IW on my Facebook page. And um, today I'm doing a live holiday meditation, seeing as we're going into the weekend, which is the biggest shopping weekend of the year with lots of stress, very hectic. <laughs> so it's time to unwind, relax before and get ready and get prepared for the weekend. Absolutely. And are you prepared for the holidays, Jay? Well, I have been. I was warned about the weather. This is my first weekend, uh, sorry, first New York Christmas ever. So I've just been warned and cautioned by all my friends and colleagues. So I've been buying lots of winter gear. And the biggest challenge is how to look good in winter clothes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that you wear that well. So no worries there, my friend. So what I'd be interested to know first, Jane, again, this is unscripted dialogue. And the one question I generally always start out with with my guest is the inception of my guest journey. So, you know, where did this all begin for you? And if you want to take it back either before monkhood uh, began and you embarked upon that journey uh, or talk, take it from there, whichever you're most comfortable with. Yeah, awesome. I will try and summarize very quickly what, what actually happened. But 
it, it goes back to when I was at business school. So I grew up in London, in the city. I would say I grew up like any other average Londoner and city person. And life was great. I, things were going very, very well. I couldn't really complain about anything. And my parents gave me every opportunity they possibly could with what they had. And I was at business school studying when I came across more work around philanthropy. I came across more work around wisdom and philosophy, and I was exposed to all of this. And these were always things I was interested in, but I would say I never was a seeker, and I almost shied away from any sort of spirituality or anything like that. But we had a monk come and speak at our business school, and he was invited to speak at the business school, and he was more charismatic than any CEO I'd ever heard of. He spoke in a way that was more eloquent, more intelligent, more insightful than anyone I'd ever met. And then I found out that he'd actually quit jobs at, you know, rejected jobs at Google, Yahoo and Microsoft to go off and become a monk. And that really started making me think. I started to think, how is it that someone who has everything that I'm chasing and that everyone around me is chasing and that everything I've been trained to chase since I was young has actually been able to give it up and actually seems more happy, content, satisfied and fulfilled with life. And that almost planted this seed of thought, of doubt in what I've been taught and an inspiration to go and chase something further. So after business school, I was left with this opportunity. I either went and joined a corporate firm like many of my friends, or I gave it all up and decided to become a monk because I felt we would be able to benefit the world. And that was a big crossroads in my life. I remember, you know, having big decisions to make and I decided to go off and become a monk. And it was all based on the inspiration that this gentleman, this monk, he was actually building sustainable villages. He was building food distribution programs for millions of meals per day for children. And he was starting up all these philanthropy projects around the world. And I thought, what more meaningful thing to do in my 20s rather than paying the bills and making money? So that, that's kind of where it all started. Beautiful. And and how long were you a part of monkhood? So I lived as a monk for three years. So I did the whole works. I had a shaved head. If, if you know me now, you know I have a full head of hair back. Uh, I used to wear the robes. I lived out of what I you know call a gym locker for three years. So all my possessions had to fit into the size of a gym locker, if you imagine it. <laughs> we spend half of our day meditating, learning about ancient wisdom, reading ancient scriptures. And then we'd spend the rest of the day either working on philanthropy projects or distributing food or delivering seminars at institutions and universities and corporations about how living more sustainably, selflessly and uh, in, in sync with ourselves and nature, we could actually make a difference in people's lives. Fantastic. Well, you know, what I love about you, Jay, and I think why you have such a huge following is, uh, you know, we talk about tribe quite often in the personal development world, and I certainly talk about it quite a bit through my social media and in uh, my smaller circles. And, you know, I really just love people who pay it forward and are of service to people. And I really, you talk about that quite extensively in your live streams. And what I love about you is that you, you truly emit such a genuine, authentic, on fire uh, aura and passion about you. It's just so infectious. And, you know, anytime I have an opportunity and I see your name pop up, you know, and there's something that's going live, I drop everything. I drop everything and I share it to my page because, you know, you impart such a, 
a beautiful, um, you know, and I think the accent helps too, not to, detract, <laughs> not to detract from the message, but accent goes a long way with delivery, I believe. And um, you're just such a, a powerhouse, you know, and you're so humble and you're so eloquent, you're so articulate and you're so wise. And clearly, you know, everything that you've incorporated into your own DNA, your own lifestyle, uh, it's serving you well, Jay. And by serving yourself, you're certainly emitting that and sharing the gifts with everyone else. So I want to thank you personally for what I have uh, extrapolated from your messages, what I personally garner from uh, your presence. You're just you're just one of those beautiful people that stands out from the rest. Yeah, well, I'm I'm super grateful for that. I'm sure much of that is a reflection of you and it's it's truly and honestly only because of the wonderful people I've met on my journey. I've just anytime anyone ever says anything to me, I just remember and think about the unbelievable people I was so fortunate to meet so young in my life, which saved me a lot of time, energy and tears. Uh, and, and yeah, and I just thank them for it, basically. Lovely. Lovely. Well, given that you're an award-winning host, given that you're a filmmaker, you're a vlogger, and you're a speaker, which out of all of these particular vehicles do you believe is the most impactful in terms of reaching people? So, yeah, it's it's changed. I spent a lot of years delivering evening classes at universities, just observing students, observing people's challenges, spending time one-on-one, really trying to understand and connect with what it was that confused people, bewildered people, made people, you know, dissatisfied and unhappy so that I could really connect. In terms of the best way of broadcasting or connecting those thoughts with other people, my favorite one today is video. Mm-hmm. And I love short form video. It's one of the reasons why I became a filmmaker. I feel that the ability to make a message concise, there's a famous quote from Albert Einstein says that if you can't explain something simply, it means you don't understand it well enough. So True. I love the challenge of having to explain really what may seem like complex wisdom, but in two minutes. So my kind of motto or what I live to do is make wisdom go viral and share wisdom at the pace we want entertainment. So for me, that's really important. That's that's what I feel is going to help connect the world because people don't have time. We're not always most tuned in. You know, we're so busy with our daily lives that it has to feel like entertainment. So for me, videos video is the best form and I can't wait till virtual reality and uh, artificial intelligence kick in so that people can actually experience things more from wherever they are in the world. Lovely. Lovely, Jay. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with myself and the listeners. Um, you know, one question that I, I oftentimes ask my guests to is the legacy that they believe or wish that they would like to leave behind, how they would most wish to be remembered. Mm-hmm. How, how does that apply to you? So I, I thought about this a lot, actually, in terms of being remembered uh, when I lived as a monk, etc. And, and one of the conclusions I came to is that I'm actually not at all worried about being remembered at all. I actually don't don't feel like I need to be remembered. I feel that there's a lot more significant things than me to be remembered. So my my main desire would be that in my lifetime I'm able to activate change makers and help people become change makers in their own right and make a difference in their own spaces, their communities, their involvements and across the world. And I, I don't think I need to be remembered. I think I'd just be happy if all of that change making was going on. And I mean that genuinely. I've got to mm-hmm. that stage where, yeah, being remembered is just not on my list. 
living a fulfilling life while I'm here and helping other people continue to give that on is, is what I'm all about. So I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Absolutely it does. And I love the answer. So thank you. You know, you talk so much about various subject matters and it doesn't matter what it is that you're specifically talking about or highlighting. You're equally passionate and on fire. But for all the subject matters, all the things that fall under the umbrella of personal development, uh, fulfillment, wisdom, which subject matter most speaks to you? I think the subject matter that most speaks to me is any wisdom that helps people navigate life. So I love navigating. I love a compass. I feel that one of our biggest challenges is that we're so confused because of all the noise. And that noise has developed since we were young from family, from parents, from ideals, from school, from other forms of education. And the part that sticks out to me, what is, is any knowledge, any wisdom, any insight, any philosophy that can help people navigate life. Now, for me, I draw my teachings and the source of my teachings from the Vedas. The Vedas are over 5,000 years old and from India. And these, I would say, is like the original philosophers of the world. So, you know, before uh, Greek philosophy, Roman philosophy, you know, the, the sages and the saints who compiled the Vedas and lived the Vedas. And, and a lot of it today is popularized by things like the power of now, the secret, etc. It's all become very modern and trendy and hip. But for me, it's really diving in. There's a Martin Luther King quote that said, if you want a new idea, read an old book. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the old books that really get me going. Now, that doesn't mean that I, I love it when they're presented in a new way. I'm, I'm a big fan of all the books I've just mentioned. But what really gets me going is ancient wisdom, because... That ancient wisdom, when you learn it and then you start seeing it transpire across movies, books, everything around you, your life, your conversations, it's fascinating to think that people knew this 5,000 years ago and they were living it. Uh, Absolutely. How can we apply it today, even though technology's changed, even though travel's changed, even though, you know, the future's going to be different, it's still applicable because our needs are still the same. And and that's what I love, just understanding that our needs are still the same. Absolutely. Well, we share some uh, similar bloodlines. My grandmother was born on an Assam tea plantation in uh, India, in Shillong. Uh, oh, family wow. actually owned it, yes. And they uh, they emigrated to England themselves. She passed away a few years ago, but she was probably uh, really most pivotal in my journey. Um, and it's it's on my list. I'm, I'm looking to manifest going back to uh, where she was born. Um, yeah, absolutely. So where are you originally from? So I, I grew up in London, but my mother is from the Emirates and my father is from southern India in Mangalore. Uh, mm-hmm. I visited India several times, of course, when I lived there for some time as well. But yeah, I, 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 I consider myself such a uh, city person as opposed to a country person. I'm such a Londoner. Now that I'm in New York, I'm I'm learning how to be a New Yorker. <laughs> Well, I wish you all the best with that. I have no problems or no qualms thinking that you would assimilate wherever you are. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I describe myself these days as much more of a chameleon. I feel like wherever I wake up, my mind just reprograms it to, to self to feel that that is reality. And, and I like uh-huh. living that way. I never miss anywhere or think of anything else. Beautiful. Well, that just goes to show that you're living in the here and now, right? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's harder though when I tell my friends this and they said, well, I thought you were going to tell me you miss London and that you miss us. So you've got to be a bit <laughs> conscious of everyone else. <laughs> like you make them feel like you don't miss them. 
Right. Don't leave anyone behind. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, when we look at some of the culture of what's happening right now, whether we're talking about uh, the political culture, whether we're talking about uh, oftentimes things that are being cited with regards to fake news, you know, what do you think's going on with that, Jay? Yes. Yeah, so I was reading a lot about that, and I just read Mark Zuckerberg's post a couple of days ago when he said that they're now starting to flag fake news on Facebook and that they're now going to have a third party look over the content if there are enough people that consider it to be fake. Uh, one thing I'd just say is that for any content creators out there or content you know, content developers, whatever it is, I think it's so important to be conscious of what we're pushing around the world. The world doesn't need more controversy. The world doesn't need more politics. It just needs more simplicity and clarity. So I wish everyone would start by taking that responsibility. It's easy to throw that responsibility onto Facebook. And I'm, and I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg will figure out a way of doing that. But I think the responsibility lies with us. I had this really unfortunate event, actually. It's, I'm glad you brought this up. And I've been thinking about how to talk about it. So I was at, I was traveling to Hudson Valley last weekend or the weekend before to speak at a conference. And I was at Grand Central Station in New York. And there was this wonderful group of people doing a peaceful protest for hashtag not in our city. And I live streamed it because I, I was interested by it. And they were all protesting, peacefully protesting for a lady, uh, a Muslim lady who'd claimed that She'd been chased by some Trump supporters who tried to take off a hijab on the train and then got off at Cent uh, Grand Central Station. Mm -hmm. And all of the people who were peacefully protesting, none of them were from an Islamic background. None of them were Muslim. None of them were. Uh, they were all actually from totally different religions and traditions. And I was really touched by that. And I thought, wow, these people are standing up for someone that's not their friend, not their family. They're really taking this seriously. And they have no connection with this woman whatsoever, but they feel so strongly that it came up in the news. Now, this was in traditional news, too. But the amazing thing I found out, and I recently had a follower post this on one of my one, on my stream, that actually that girl admitted that she lied. Really? So, yeah. And I was just, you know, there was a part of me that just broke inside because I just felt like, oh, no, I'd been a part of giving a voice to fake news. But. The news was out in the media. This group had obviously assembled based on news that's seen in traditional media. I was just passing through Grand Central and thought, I'm doing a good thing by helping out and spreading the word. And I was well-intentioned. But then I find out, you know, thousands of views later that actually it was a lie. And when she was, when they compared her version to the camera views, etc., none of it ever happened. Wow, that's really disheartening. Yeah, and it really disheartened me. And, and, and it really got me thinking about how much we all, even if we're well-intentioned, need to verify before we share stories, before we talk about things in our families and communities and spread things. Because now I've read that comment because I look through comments that my community posts on Facebook, but I could have well easily missed it. There are thousands of comments every day. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's anyway. So I, I think that I would take the responsibility away from organizations and say, let's take the responsibility ourselves of not creating fake content, not creating fake media and, right. and let the organizations deal with it as they can. But let's start with ourselves. Absolutely. 
Well, I hope you don't feel too bad about that incident because, as you cited in the beginning as you were telling the story, more importantly, and I do believe that there's a lesson, a gift, and a message out of any circumstance, both positive and negative. And as you said, you know, what really drew you in was the fact that th- this woman was being supported by people who weren't necessarily akin to her, either through r- religious affiliations or cultural affiliations. So for that moment that you identified with that, that that resonated with you, you know, hopefully that that moment hasn't gotten lost because there is something beautiful to be said about that, even though it came out of a fake story. Oh, completely. And and that's why I'm and that's why I'm even more deeply connected with it is that humans, I, I trust that humans are good. They're generous. You know, there's great studies on how we're wired for generosity. You know, if you study children, you'll see children, if they see someone drop something, they'll go pick it up and hand it back to them. If if children see someone that needs help, children are willing to help because we're wired for generosity. But I feel that these kinds of things actually give more rise to the opposite. They give more rise to people questioning people. They give more rise to people uh, second guessing individuals. And therefore, I think it's it's a bigger responsibility. You know, if we want humankind to collaborate, stick together and be a force for change, we need to make them feel that their actions and words matter. You know, there were 30 people that day who stood in Grand Central Terminal for potentially three to four hours, maybe longer, on their Sunday afternoon. And and I would hope that they still feel that they did the right thing based on the mm-hmm. knowledge they had. Absolutely. Well, I would hope that too, Jay, for sure. So, you know, in terms of uh, content, because that is so important, particularly when it's the type of content that people like myself or yourself choose to share and impart with the rest of the world, knowing that you're trying to reach uh, the collective and uh, and it all coming from the yummy stuff. I refer to it as the yummy stuff. So, you know, how do you keep your content fresh? Where what inspires you? Where are you getting your daily content from? Yeah, so I, I think you don't always keep content fresh when it's something that you think about. So I write every day. I keep a gratitude journal. I write notes every day on things I'm meditating on, personal reflections and realizations. So number one, it has to be from your own life. It has to be things you're living. Mm-hmm. The second thing I get inspiration from is that I have a really diverse network. I can call up someone and speak to a monk in India. And the next thing I can call up someone in Silicon Valley and speak to a tech entrepreneur And then I can call up a family member in London and then I can call up a student in South Africa. I just really encourage people to have as diverse networks as possible. People who challenge their ideals, people who challenge the status quo, people who challenge the way they would naturally think. There's a great quote by Melody Hobson, who spoke at TED a couple of years ago. And she said, invite people into your life who don't look or act like you. You know, and and I love yeah. that. So I think one of the greatest ways of being inspired is, second one is have a massive network that is different from you, people who think differently, I, you know, people who challenge that. And the third place I, I get my personal inspiration from is that I read a lot. So if you've joined my live Q&As, I'm always interviewing authors mm-hmm. uh, about books. I love, love, love reading. So I have a reading practice that allows me to skim read a book in two to three hours and that's in those two, three hours, I'll decide whether I want to read the whole book. And that way I can read a lot more books. So I do a lot of gap reading. I carry a book for a whole week and read in every gap I have, whether I'm waiting for a train on the subway or whether I'm waiting in a queue, I'll just pull out the book and read it. So I really encourage more and more people to have a long reading list. And people always say, oh, I never finish a book. But it's not about finishing a book. Take what you want from the book and leave the rest of it. Absolutely. So so I really encourage people to read. That's where I get a lot of personal inspiration from. 
Lovely. Well, that's the other thing that I really I love about you, uh, Jay, and I'm sure that's the reason, again, you have such a, a large viewership and following is, you know, you're constantly quoting people, you know, you're constantly giving people props for, you know, back in the day, just them being visionaries way ahead of their time and some of their wisdom still holding true to the ideals of, of our culture and our society today, whether you're talking at the heart level, you're talking at the soul level. And uh, so the fact that you pay it forward and you're of service in that way, I really appreciate that. I think that resonates with so many people. Well, thank you so much. I, I think for me, it's I, I made a conscious decision that I wanted to be a spotlight onto other people that I also felt are change makers and having a positive impact on the world. I think, and 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 this is why I'm, I agreed to do the show with you as well because I feel that our goals, values are so aligned, and what you're wanting to share with the world and give be a spotlight with other people is so aligned with what I want to do. And I think that the world is looking for a group of leaders who all work together as opposed to a group of leaders who build islands around themselves. Yes. I think the, I think the world of individual gurus and individual celebrity stardom is is over and i don't think that that's what we should be hoping for and i don't think that's what people want anymore i think people want leaders who work together and and i think it's so important that we all do that together in this space agreed agreed well you know i'm always i'm always a, a supporter and i'm always talking about collaboration because regardless of what it is that people are individually passionate about or on fire about knowing that it comes from a place of helping the collective um, I have so many people in my tribe who are constantly rallying, uh, you know, all the people that would fall within the isms, the disenfranchised, the marginalized, the oppressed, uh, the abused. And I, I, I before I, I became a radio show host and an author myself, had worked in social services for 25 years, had been a director of women's shelters, women and children fleeing domestic violence, had taken kids in group homes and foster homes into my own home to give uh, foster parents a break. And I think sometimes we have to go back to the humanity of remembering we are all the same. We are all the collective. We are all one. And uh, it doesn't matter what you're going through on an individual basis or level, what I'm going through, we all understand suffering and we all understand love. And it's really about elevating people and really helping people to step into their preferred state of reality their preferred state of being completely and completely completely agree with you so when you look at some of the thought leaders of today who most resonates with you jay and for and for what reason so yeah it's, it's a great question i i think i really like different ideas so i i kind of grab onto ideas from different people that i like as opposed to just them as a whole. So I interviewed Tim Ferriss last week on my show, someone yeah. that I, I love him because his new book, which is called Tools of Titans, mm-hmm. is notes or footnotes of the success routines of every successful person he's ever interviewed. And I love that idea of observing people who have what you aspire for, not what you want to have, but what you aspire for, whether it's happiness, success in family life, success in business. And I love that idea. So Tim Ferriss is someone, I love his ethos, I love his energy. He was fantastic as well when he came into the studio. He was, you know, super easy to get along with, very humble, and at the same time, you know, really understood uh, the tools of Titans that he's obviously written a book on. So he's definitely someone. Another person that I love is uh, Simon Sinek, who wrote Start With Why. Uh, I also interviewed him a few months ago. The incredible thing about him was that I actually feel that his book that I read when it came out, I can't remember, it was about at least maybe five, six years ago, 
was a book that really changed the way that I thought. And then the reason being that I just think that that question, even now, even when I'm teaching, I, I ask that question so often of just, what's your why? Like, why are you doing this? And just mm-hmm. stopping and asking yourself that at any moment in time, whether you've read the book or not, it's just such an empowering and such a decluttering question. So, yeah, Simon Sinek's a big one. Uh, really, really big fan of his. Uh, I really like, I, I really admire Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So I know he's just become sexiest man alive. And so <laughs> yes. people, may, people may think, like, why him? The reason why I love him is because I grew up watching him as a wrestler uh, mm-hmm. when, when I was really, really young. And then to see the the changes he's made in his life, like he's gone from being a wrestler to being this comedian that everyone loves to being a really good advocate of positivity around the world and, and, you know, encouraging lots of different people and working with amazing charities. And I just think that Dwayne Johnson is, is just a great role model and personality at the moment because he's, mm-hmm. even though he's a celebrity and has mass appeal, I don't feel he's lost his human side. Right. And I love that. I love seeing that. When I've watched something that he's done, it never feels crafted. Even if it is, it never feels overproduced. It feels like it's him. Mm-hmm. And I love that feeling. So I think there's many, many more people, but those are three that come to mind straight away. I mean, there's there's several more. I'm a, I'm a massive Oprah fan. I'm a massive yes, me too. Gabby, Gabby Bernstein fan. Uh, there's, there's plenty more people I could mention, but uh, yeah, those are a few there. Fantastic. So what's on what's on the horizon for Jay Shetty? You know, like obviously you're a visionary yourself. You're manifesting. Uh, you know, you're a person with lofty goals. You you're trying to uh, reach the collective on an ongoing basis daily. So when you look at your future while still trying to maintain being present in the here and now, what do you see for yourself? What what do you have yet to aspire to do that really you have a, a yearning, a calling to do? It's a really good question. I, I So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how I think about it. When I started thinking about making videos, I started thinking about making videos around three years ago. And I'd made videos before that, shorter videos, but nothing that I had really shared on social media. They were either at smaller events and things like that. And I spent two years just observing filmmaking. I I was looking at how films were made. I was observing what worked online. I was just learning and just really trying to think and and grow and understand how to be creative and tap into what I really wanted to do. And and then I made my first video. I launched my first video January of this year. And, you know, this year alone, we've had over 100 million views. And it's been a phenomenal cycle of, three years of a journey that mm-hmm. started three years ago, even though it looks like it started this year in January. So I feel I'm at the back at the start of that journey again. So I'm in learning phase again. So I Love feel it. like there's three phases to everything. It's learning, experiment, thrive. And then you've got to go back again. So people kind of have this linear view of life that it's learning, experiment, success. And then mm-hmm. that success just goes up and up and up and up and up. <laughs> whereas, it, whereas I don't believe it does. So I kind of feel like this year, you know, for three years I've been doing, I mean, I've been learning for a long time, but specifically about what I'm doing now, learning. Then this year was experimenting. And then I got to thrive this year as well. But I feel like I'm back at learning now. So for wow. me, 2017 is all about learning. It's all about speaking to lots of people who have lots of ideas for me, lots of people who believe in what I'm doing and say to me, Jay, I think you should do this. I think you should be thinking about this. Uh, so I just want to learn, learn, and learn. So I had to learn filmmaking. I think to make better films, I need to learn more about filmmaking, which is 
a big part of my agenda. I want to write more. So I want mm-hmm. to learn and become an even better writer. I want to, I want to carry on speaking something that I've been doing for 10 years and something that it's definitely something that I invested in. I went to drama school and public speaking school when I was 14 to 18. And, and that was huge. But then I'm like, so how much have I reskilled on that? You know, how much have I reinvested in that art and that skill? So anyway, 2017 for me is the year of learning. I'm going to go out and learn and become better at everything that I'm already doing, but I want to go deeper in and invest more in. So I feel if you want to move three steps forward, you've got to dig three steps deeper. So I'm in the digging deeper phase. I love that. I love that, Jay. And I, you know, you said something that was very paramount and I hope the listeners caught that because it certainly resonated with me, you know, reskilling, you know, re, re-harnessing, re-honing and going back. And I really, I talk about that quite often with guests on radio. You know, it's really going back to the grassroots. You know, go back to basics. And sometimes when you realize and, you know, because it's hindsight 2020, you know, you can look back in your journey and you can go, okay, I got here because of this or now this makes sense. Whereas before, while I was in the midst of it, it didn't make any sense. And I really felt that I was walking in a haze. But I think if you go back to the grassroots, if you revisit what it was that kind of got you on the right path in the first place, you just recrystallize, you you, re, you recalibrate, and it starts to make sense on a deeper level, as you say. I'm, I'm totally, totally 100% with you. There's, you know, I, I made a short video where I said that to to build something, you have to go back to feeling like you have nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was giving an example from Elon Musk's life. So Elon Musk, founder of Tesla, uh, originally PayPal. I believe he sold PayPal for like $180 million. And then after that, he invested $130 million into Tesla, 50 into SpaceX, etc., into all his other companies. And he said he had to borrow money to pay rent, even though he'd just been a millionaire. Wow. He had to go back to feeling like he had nothing because that's how he built PayPal so that he could feel that kind of urgency again, so that he could feel that desperation again. And it's incredible, you know, you think about that, that he just reinvested all those millions he made into mm-hmm. new companies. And, and now those companies are valued at something like $3 billion. Uh, but it's just an incredible principle. So I'm totally with you about that reskilling, going back. And I think everyone should observe their lives much more deeper. Everyone should observe the karma and the philosophy of their life that has led them to success and led them to bad decisions. And I think if people did, they'd find patterns in their own journeys of the environments where they made the right decisions and environments where they made the wrong decisions. Agreed. Wholeheartedly agree with you on that, Jay. And we do talk about that again. And I talked about it in my speech at Harvard in uh, July in Boston. And, you know, I believe that for many of the guests that I've spoken with, including my own experiences within life, you know, I think if you tap into, if you're the conduit in your life and you make the connection between your pain, your darkest moment, and you somehow align that and convert it into your passion, you've just found your purpose. And when yes. you find your purpose, you're on fire, like you're unstoppable. Yes, completely, completely. You know, and uh, so I really do encourage people, and we talk about this again quite often, is, you know, deconstruct, deprogram, because oftentimes we're still carrying around the false beliefs, the false concepts that impede our own ability to break through, to shift, 
uh, to manifest, to visualize and, and to really, cause I think it's our birthright to live the kind of life that you're living where you love waking up and you can't wait to engage with people. You can't wait to resonate with people. You can't wait to talk about subject matters that are really near and dear to your heart, as do I, as do many people in our world. Um, you know, you have to sometimes go, okay, what, what's not serving me here? Whether it be how I was raised, whether it was what I was taught in the school system, whether it's society, culture, my neighborhood, the, the type of people that I'm aligning myself with who really don't have a clue what it is that they feel they're meant to do. So why am I expending my energy with negative energy? You know, so it's, it's quite simple, is it not? Yes. Yeah, completely. But we complicate it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm in complete alignment with you. I think we complicate it because we don't spend time with ourselves. Yes. And, and, I, and I feel that the people are always confusing being alone and being lonely. Yes. And, and I would just say that I always, I grew up being an introvert. I became an extrovert and now I've gone back to being an introvert. And to be honest, it doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or extrovert. What matters is just spending time with yourself, spending time identifying what you really want, spending time identifying what really matters to you. Otherwise, what naturally happens is your life just becomes full of everyone else's expectations and everyone else's ideas. And, and often we end up blaming other people or shifting responsibility, but actually it, it starts from us. It starts from that. And I really want to encourage more people to take responsibility for their own lives, their yes. own journeys and their own paths. Because there's no one else who's going to do that for you. Absolutely. Completely 100% agree with that, Jay. And so I'm surprised. You would characterize yourself as an introvert as opposed to an ambivert? Yeah. I'm. Well, as in I, I grew up as that for sure, you know. The only times I ever felt comfortable. I, I always felt comfortable, and this is a true quality of an introvert. I always felt comfortable on stage or acting, etc. But in in smaller groups and smaller circles, I wasn't necessarily the the leader or the conversation builder or the conversation creator, director, etc. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's changed with time and it changes in circles. But even now, I, I really see myself to, to find deeper inspiration, to be able to give more. I feel it's so important to refuel. It comes to that point of, I think, when you want to be a giver, you've got to realize that you have to have something to give. So people get shocked. I still meditate for two hours a day in the morning and that's a part of integrity of my path that if I want to teach meditation, I have to be practicing it in a very deep way. And I still think that that's such an important part for any givers to, to make that time and space. If you're trying to give, you have to have it in you to give it. Uh, and, and, and I think we forget that sometimes because no one knows what you're doing when they can't see you on Instagram, Snapchat, or Facebook. <laughs> so, you know, if I'm meditating only on Facebook, then that's not enough because that's to share meditation. That's to share it with everyone else. There has to be a personal practice as well. Well, and I'm so glad that you touched upon that because, you know, for people like us who are, you know, always out there in the public eye, uh, you know, always trying to ramp things up, always trying to get organized and keep ahead with the, the calendar, such as it taking us three weeks to get this going with our live show here, which I'm truly grateful for. You know, when people, for example, they see that I have a moment and I, I'm not necessarily uh, scheduled or plugged into something, people take that as an opportunity to be, oh, you know, let's go do this, let's go do this. 
no, I've got to decompress. I've got to go back with myself because I'm one of those people similar to you, Jay. If I don't gift myself with the necessity, and it truly for me is a necessity of uh, solitude, then I really am no good to anybody. And I, I'm very clear on that. So, yeah, I do need to refuel my soul and nurture myself. Awesome. Yes. So I know I'm cognizant of time and there's a few minutes left here. So, you know, you did talk about your two hour daily meditation. What other rituals, what other mantras, what would you incorporate into your day to keep you clear and on the path? So I spend a lot of time developing internal dialogues. So I spend a lot of time writing down what the chatter of my mind was. So Mm -hmm. I wrote down my chatter of the mind for things that happened or things that happen often. So things like when I feel negative. Uh, when I feel like my ego is taking over, when I feel like my intention is being skewed by money, fame, power, or anything else apart from a genuine, authentic desire to help. So I wrote down every challenge I felt was huge for my mind, and I came up with words, wisdom, and advice from my own realizations, from gurus, from sages, from people I'd met, from experts that I can remind myself of when I'm in that zone. So I did that written down about three years ago and it still lives on with me. I can still remember those exact words. It's like a script. So it's almost like I'm talking to myself. So that's probably been one of my best routines is whenever I struggle with a thought, I write down the noise of that thought and then I write down what I want my inner voice to be when I have that thought. So that's one of my practices that I do regularly. Uh, Another practice that I like doing is that I, I believe in no tech zones and no tech times in the day. So mm-hmm. I make sure that I don't look at the mobile phone the first thing when I wake up. I don't look at my mobile phone unless until I've meditated uh, because that's that's just the order of priority. I feel like looking at your phone first thing in the morning is like letting a 100 people into your bedroom without, <laughs> you know, it's basically what you're doing because if you compare the mind to your bedroom mm-hmm. and, and you open up all these notifications and messages, you're basically letting loads of people walk into your bedroom and have a conversation with you when you just woke up. So I, I'm, I love I'm, that metaphor. Yeah, so I'm big into no technology times and zones. I don't believe you should use technology in the, uh, the kitchen and the bedroom because it's more fun to eat and sleep with people than it is to eat and sleep with technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another ritual. And one of my favorite rituals is making sure that I'm constantly connected, whether it's once a month, once a week, speaking to people who are super honest with me. So Mm -hmm. people that I know are not going to say nice things about me. People are going to spot the stuff that I don't spot. And even when they say it to me and my ego is too big and I'm like, no, that's not true. I go away knowing, oh yeah, they were right. (laughs) And I love that (laughs) feeling. Uh, So I, I do that. That's a big part of my ritual as well. Excellent. Well, I just want to say, Jay, you're such a breath of fresh air. Uh, I just, you know, I love your authenticity. I love your genuineness. Uh, love your spirit, your passion. And, um, you know, I'm going to continue to follow you, obviously. And because I have long before I sought you out for radio, uh, this has been one of my favorite radio interviews just because of your energy. So I want to say thank you so much for the gift of your time. And I know I speak on behalf of the listeners as well. I want to wish you well at 12 noon with your uh, live show and feel free to share whatever on my page. You've done that a couple of times and I was really touched by that. And uh, I just want to give you an opportunity to once again uh, invite people. Where can they find you? Yeah, sure. I'd love for everyone to connect. Thank you so much for listening, everyone that's been tuned in. 
a massive, massive thank you to Lisa for the opportunity. I'm very grateful and, and honored that you allowed me to have this opportunity. And yeah, I'd love for you to connect with me on uh, Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Shetty J, which is my name backwards. And if you want to connect with me on Facebook or Twitter, it's J Shetty IW. So you can find me on either of those uh, anytime. I'm always posting content multiple times a day. And I'd love for you to join our community as well. So thank you so much again. Well, fantastic, Jay. I want to wish you all my best, eternal best, always, and uh, enjoy your Christmas holidays, your first one in New York, and make sure you're bundled up, okay? Yeah, definitely, and a good holiday season to all the audience as well, and everyone who's listening in, and to you, Lisa, as well. Thank you, and I hope to connect again with you in the new year. We absolutely will. You take care of yourself, my friend. Definitely. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye, Jay. Bye. Bye. So I just want to thank the listeners once again for tuning into my show. I am Lisa McDonald. I go live here with the Contact Talk Radio Network every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, I'm always inviting people, if you have any show topic ideas, uh, if you have any recommendations for prospective guests you'd like me to try and bring on to radio, if not yourself, uh, you can kindly reach out to me at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. McDonald is spelled M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D, so I'm a Mick, not a Mac. Uh, alternatively, I can also be reached at lisamcdonald13 at gmail.com. Uh, I just want to wish everyone my very best uh, as we're rounding out 2016 before we bring on the new year of 2017. Uh, can't thank you enough for everybody who has subscribed to my podcast over on iTunes, Living Fearlessly over on iTunes, now sitting at well over 100,000 uh, podcast subscribers, which means more than the number itself. It just speaks to uh, me in terms of volume of how many people value my show, value the quality and the caliber of the guests that I bring on to my show, uh, knowing that the content is resonating with each of you. Uh, some of the testimonials that I've received uh, really speaks to uh, what you've gotten out of the show. It's been life-changing for some of you, life-altering. It's really given people perspective, an alternative perspective to perhaps how they've been thinking up until this point. Uh, so I just want to say thank you for your receptivity. I want to thank you for liking, sharing, uh, promoting, endorsing. It really means a lot to myself and my fellow guests. It's been a phenomenal year on radio. I'm looking forward to 2017. I've got a stellar roster um, already building well into spring for 2017. Couldn't be more grateful. Couldn't be here without Cameron Steele, Lucia Steele, and the Contact Talk Radio Network. Could not be here without the listeners. Um, it's just, it's been a phenomenal experience. I really, truly, uh, because of all of you, I feel that I've grown leaps and bounds. Um, always trying to deliver what it is that people feel that they need or need more of in their lives. Uh, so as to, as Jay said, and, and what we're all trying to do here in the personal development world is just raise the consciousness for the collective. You know, it's it's difficult these days with our individual schedules to do things on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I do that in my mentoring sessions with clients. Uh, but in terms of getting the type of message out to the collective, it's things like the vehicle and the platform of radio and my books um, and speaking uh, that allows me and affords me the opportunity to interface with as many people as possible. So for all the opportunities that I have been uh, blessed to have received whether it be, again, the Contact Talk Radio Network and the owners themselves, whether it be the listeners, whether it be the invites to Harvard, uh, to my former 
uh, college where I'm part of the alumni having spoken this past spring at the convocation. Uh, you know, just people who invite me into their bookstores to host signings, uh, people who get behind my fundraising event for the children of Fort Mac, anybody who has shown up um, and taken an interest in my journey, I really want to say thank you from the center of my heart. I, I can't tell you how profound uh, your presence in my life has been and the difference it makes to the way I think, the way I feel, the way I believe, and more motivated every single day uh, to just continually produce great content and bring on excellent stellar guests onto radio who also have an equal uh, important message to share with the rest of the world. So I just want to say uh, going forward, I hope that people have a safe holiday, uh, you and your loved ones. Um, it's a year of reflection. It always is. Every day is a year of reflection, a day of reflection for me, uh, trying to think of how I can be the best, most improved version of myself and truly not being in competition with other people. You know, it's really just figuring things out for yourself, and uh, and that's important to me on a daily basis, as I hope it is for all of you. So I just want to wish everyone a very safe holiday. Merry Christmas, however it is that you choose to celebrate. Um, thinking of you, my spirit is with everyone all the time, and I look forward to bringing back uh, great content, fantastic guests once again going forward in the new year. So this is my last live show until 2017, uh, but shows are constantly being run, rerun on a regular basis, again, on Best Of as well on Sundays, and you can find me over on iTunes. So I just want to wish everyone my very best. Lisa McDonald from Dundas, Ontario, Canada, saying love and gratitude to all of you. All my best. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.